Welcome to the seventh edition of the Stay Hot Podcast and the first edition of the 10th Region Preview. Tonight we'll have Augusta head coach Jason Henson on with us tonight. Coach Henson in his second stint of Augusta has done a remarkable job of not only building that program and having success, but also keeping a consistent, you know, program at a Class A school to where you compete consistently on a year-to-year basis with schools of much larger size. Coach Henson and the Panthers are coming off a 10-11 and 11 record and a tough district loss to Mason County in the first round. And, Coach, I haven't had a chance to talk to you much about that, but I will say that's probably one of the most bizarre games I think I've seen or the stats I've read. You shot at a very high clip from two, from three, from the free throw line, and seemingly did everything right in that game. Um, so, Coach, uh, thanks for coming on tonight. And give us, you know, what did your guys learn from that? You got a new season here. Um, that's a tough loss, but you had no significant losses to graduation. You return everybody. So starting the year off, I'm sure that game is probably one you've replayed 100 times. Yeah, probably 200 times for me. Uh, you, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, you do everything right, you prepare. You know, I remember the day we drew Mesa County. You know, we didn't pout around. We didn't fuss about it. We came back and spent six hours in my office with the coaching staff and you know, breaking down film and, and writing on dry erase boards. And, you, you know, the one thing about us, and, and you know how we are, you know, uh, we're going to go fight you tooth and nail. And, you know, we're going to battle. We're going to prepare. And, you know, we don't always win, but, you know, we're, we're going to be prepared and they're going to work hard and kids are going to be on top of their game. And I, I, I think we, as a staff and as a team, do a great job of that. I, I, I feel like I've got – probably one of the best staffs in the region or maybe the state. So we're very blessed in that area. I, I think, Patrick, we shot – I think we set a record for highest field goal percentage in a half. Um, I think it was third in the in state history uh, of how well we shot the basketball. Uh, I haven't turned that in yet, but I, I think when I look back – it's in the top five of highest field goal percentages of a game. So, uh, and I know you know this, but kind of remind the people listening what the clips were. It was like seventy percent from two, like maybe seventy percent from three, and like ninety percent from the free throw line. Yeah, we we didn't miss much, and and you know people are like asking me like you know how did they shoot that well? I and and obviously I can't take credit for their shooting ability, but. What we can take credit for as a staff is is how prepared they were and and how focused they were as as a unit. I mean, and I think you saw their focus in their high field goal shooting percentage. And I know people may not buy that, and that's okay. Uh, but you know, I think when you're locked in and you're focused on a game and what's at stake, we knew we could win. We knew we were just as talented. Uh, now, did I think we were going to shoot seventy five percent? No, I did not. But, you know, I think that's the big thing for us is the preparation was, was all there. And, you know, one thing I'll tell you about, you know, I've coached against you several times, and every time you step on the sidelines with a, a Coach Henson coach squad, you know you're getting a dogfight because those players take on your personality. You know, there's a never-say-quit attitude. They know as players that they're going to get the, the best from their coach or coach is going to fight for them. So, and that's everything. You know, and I'm not knocking any coach before you because Augusta does have a rich history as far as 
basketball and basketball coaches and a passionate community and fan base. You know, I'm a part of that as an alumni, and I definitely appreciate as an alumni everything that you and the previous coaches have done to bring respectability to Augusta. When you're in a district with Mason County as three Class A schools, in all honesty, you shouldn't have a chance. And a lot of people out there think, they're, they don't have a chance. They got 100 kids walking their high school. So even in a loss, there are positives. And as a coach, that's what I want you to talk about started. What positives can you take from that? Because I know you got a lot of young guys, valuable, big game experience that may be able to translate this year because I think expectations in Augusta are as high this year as I've seen them in a while. Maybe since 2016 with that bunch. Well, I think expect- expectations are very high, and, and I think – this team, and, and people are going to laugh, has a chance to be one of the best teams in school history. And I and, and I would put them right there with uh, – I, I think the big thing with Owens, Cameron, and Connor w- was their intelligence. So smart, so graceful, uh, so hardworking. I mean, that bunch paved the way along with Brent Bach, obviously. But, you, you know, I don't, I don't want to get off track, but, I, you know, those guys – you know, Bram Hamilton, Corey Moore, those guys kind of started it. Cookie, you, you know, Clay, those kids started it. And even though they lost, and, and I've told our teams for years since I started here, sometimes you have to lose to learn how to win. And, and I think we went through that process a couple of times. And, you know, you year in, year out, you never know at a small school what it's going to be. Um, I think the one thing I have noticed about Augusta – Kids do tend to move into Augusta more than Bracken. I don't know if it's because the town is awesome. And, I mean, I've definitely fell into that trap. I mean, I'm a Germantown boy. And, you know, we moved down here. And my wife said, we're not going back. So, I ain't been back. And uh, so, you know, I I think those things uh, play a huge part. Um, But as far as learning from from our games, from your question, I've watched that game a lot. And – I'll tell you, the, the one thing I think you take a lot of things. And, and, and even though we played flawless, we still took a lot of things from, from from our mistakes. I mean, we still made mistakes. We still had turnovers. We still weren't on good help. We still didn't block out. You know, to beat a team like Mason, and I thought Mason was right there. You know, that they were right there. with, And I felt like we could have been as well. Um you have to play flawless. And and even though, you know, I, I think A.P. Perry being able to shoot that well all season long, and we kept saying, he can't keep it up. Right. I thought that as a as an opposing coach at Robertson, I'd look at his clips every night, and I'm like, the one thing I thought A.P. Perry would struggle with would be consistent outside perimeter shooting, and he shot 50% for the year. You're talking about somebody who almost didn't play. Right. And he shot almost 60% from the three. And he hit big shot after big shot, big steal after big steal, hustle. The one thing about Mason, they've got talented players, but they play their guts out. And I I don't know if I can – and I'm sure that's Coach Kirk. Me and Coach Kirk have gotten very close over these last few years. I I tell him every day I feel like I've given him four district titles, (laughs) a couple at Bracken, and we joke with each other. He he does an unbelievable job, and those kids play their tails off and – you know, but at it, a small school like Augusta, like you said, you know, to beat a team like Mason, it's one thing for them to be talented. But when they're talented and hardworking, that also makes it, you know, ten times harder. 
But what you all did that night, you know, and like I said, I didn't get a watch because I was still coaching. But, you know, I did get a listen to the end of it. But what you all did that night, and your comment just a second ago kind of hit home with me when you said sometimes you got to experience games like that in order to learn how to win. If you remember, before you won two district titles at Augusta, you had a shot roll around the rim and felt like time stopped for 15 seconds. And if that ball goes in that night, you may not win the next two. That right there, I think, kept your teams hungry. And I expect how last season ended with Mason County, I expect your team to be hungry this year. And I think – and that's what I'm talking about. You can take some positives to that. It keeps your team hungry and never satisfied. That night we lost in the locker room over in Brooksville. We talked about that very thing. This game is going to teach us how to win the next one. Some of you guys may not be here, but this game has set the bar for us to be able to be successful the next couple seasons, and, and, and we never dreamed, you, you know. I'll be honest with you, Coach, when I got into coaching and I got my first job at St. Pat, um, I basically thought I'm playing for runner-up every year. I want to get to the regional tournament. Uh, you're not going to beat Mason. You've you got to want to be runner-up. you got to get a good draw, play your way in. And, you know, some of my best teams at St. Pat, you know, Chris Owens and Nick Anderson, and, you know, they were we were 19-9 and nine in Drew Mason County. They won a state championship that year. We had beat half the field that year. It, that that was heartbreaking. You know, kind of like a little bit like last year. We, we, we felt like we could compete. Um, but, you know, when, you, when I got into this, I, I never thought – I didn't get into this to win district championships, to win Class A. I got into this because I, I love it. My, my senior year, I laid on the ground, and I thought, I don't want to be away from this, and I don't want to feel like this again. And, and I, I got into coaching, and, and I got very lucky. I mean, I, I went a different route than most people. and But I think the big thing is uh, hopefully losing the game the way we did makes us more hungry, makes us a smarter basketball team. Uh, makes us a more hungry team, and 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 I think this team, the, the sky's the limit. Well, and I agree, and and you know one thing I want to touch on that you just mentioned because what you said right there, um, if you get into the game, uh, the coaching, just to win district championships and Class A championships or regional championships, I think you're getting in it for the wrong reason. And I think if you're at smaller schools like us, we realize that. I don't know if sometimes the coaches who get the luxury of having 75 kids come out to tryouts where they can cut, you know, 30 or 40. I don't think they really understand all the barriers that we face as a small coach, numbers, you know, things like that. So, you know, when we get into coaching, district championships, you know, I never dreamed I would have the opportunity. And I've been blessed. Like you mentioned, you've been blessed. And I think I told you one time, you win a district championship at Augusta, you need a statue. When Especially when you're in a district with – you know, in Mason County. And I would say the same about Bracken County. Sure. I would say the same about St. Pat. You know, it's the elephant in the room. They're larger than all three of you schools combined. But, you know, and I know as a coach, and I know how you coach, and, you know, there's a reason you've been successful at everywhere you've been. But, you know, we're not going to let one loss like that define us. That also makes us better coaches. What can we do to help our kids better for the next year? And that's what I want to talk about here, you know, in 21-22 uh, season. 
Um, last year, you know, you got everybody back, as I mentioned before. You didn't lose. I know you lost a couple guys who decided not to play this year, and any time that happens, it hurts us because we want everybody to be included. We want everybody to be involved. But you're coming off a season last year where you averaged 70 points a game. 70 points in a high school basketball game is tough. That's hard to do. And I think you got the offensive weapons this year that you're going to push 80, 85 points per game. But the stat that I want to focus on, Coach, and I, don't, I know you're aware of this, but are you aware you scored 70 points per game, but your defense allowed 69 points a game? <laughs> so, um, Yeah, we, we know we can't guard anybody. I didn't say you couldn't guard hey. anybody, but always every time that defensive number is less than that offensive number, that means you're doing something right. Well, it's a little bit less. We – we know we've got to get better defensively. Um, I, I think the big thing for us is it, it's our footwork. Uh, we've got a lot of tall guys, but they're not slow. So we're trying to get better in that in that area. Um, y, you know, I think this team can average eighty five a night. And I, I'm listen. I know people are thinking I'm crazy. We we have a drill that we do that we want to get seventy. We had we got one hundred nineteen tonight. That's absurd. The way we shoot it, the way we score it. We may have to beat you 100 to 90. Uh, Coach, and, I mean, you averaged 48% from the field, which I would say is above average for a high school basketball team, 35% from three, which I think is a great number for a team, and 80% from the free throw line. I knew we were like third in the state in free throw shooting, third or second at going into district. And, you, you know, and we don't get there enough. You know, we, you, you know we've got to get better defensively. Um, you know, I like to play main to man, but, but, you know, we, we set our mind, you know, we had a coach's meeting and we, we want to be able to defend man to man. We want to be able to have a good zone to go to. And, and we've got a couple other things up our sleeve for this year to try, you know, we've added some depth. Uh, we've added some speed and quickness and athleticism. And, and I think with our length and quickness, we may be able to do some different things that we haven't done in a while. So, you know, we're we're looking at. I'm not a big pressing guy. You know right, me. I right. I like to get back and defend your goal. You know, I, I they always say if you're going to press, you're going to give up a couple bu- buckets, and I don't like that. Even though it looks like we, we do like it, was you know, <laughs> it, but you know, I I think that we definitely don't have any trouble scoring the ball. That's for sure, and I think we have a a, a bunch of unselfish kids that are just phenomenal kids, and we're very blessed. And, 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 and to go back on what you were saying before, I've been very blessed as a coach to have great assistants and, and great play. I mean, if you look back of all the players that, that I've been, had the luxury of coaching, you, you, you know, it, I'm truly the lucky one because a lot of people can't say they've coached that many great players, and, and, and I can't take the credit for being – why they're good. I mean, I didn't develop them. I did I mean, we may have honed on those skills, but, you know, Chris Owens, a, a pedigree of family, a, a tradition of basketball, and I think that's the one thing from St. Pat, and it's nobody's fault. But the true St. Pat kid is gone. There's not a lot of true St. Pat kids there or St. Pat families. Right, right. And, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but, but you don't see those anymore, and, and – you know, that, that fixture of Roger Owens and Marita Owens and the Andersons and Stephen Masons and the Gollensteins, you, you know, those are the people that made St. Pat successful. Correct. You, and, know. you know, but it's not only St. Pat, but every team has those type of families that help make our jobs easier by the kids they raise, um, you know, but 
we, you know, you said you can't take credit for it. Yeah, sometimes you can. You know, yeah, those kids, you know, I've coached greats like Bailey Cummins who, you know, even Justin Becker. Um, but, you know, players like that, they do have the work ethic that make them successful. But we also got to put them in positions for their skills to shine. You know, so, you know, sometimes I don't think coaches get enough credit. And now that I'm out of coaching, I'll, take, I'll, I'll give the coaches a credit, the credit they deserve because I know all the hard work they put in. Um, but, you know, I mentioned on the uh, 10th Region Preview that one of your biggest strengths, I feel like, is your depth. You've got size. You've got speed. You've got two superstars in my eyes and Kaysen and Riley um, who – but I think the, the thing you've done best as a coach, and I don't know how you've done it, and maybe you'll touch on how you've done it, is those other guys know their role. They execute their role. They know who the stars on that team are. But, you know, like, for example, like, you know, Connor, Kylan, Chase, those guys know their roles. They know that when Kaysen penetrates and draws defenders, they got to be able to knock down the shot, and they knock it down. You know, even Will and Evan sometimes who come in the games, those guys do a very good job of doing what they can do and not trying to do too much. And then you add somebody like an LJ Connor who this summer probably impressed me as much as anybody that I watched. I mean, I didn't realize that he could do all facets of the game. He shoots the ball well. He attacks the basket. He's athletic. He's quick. He plays some good defense. But you've got all those guys, and if I'm counting right, that's eight or nine guys at a Class A school that might have a chance of starting at another school in the region. How often as small schools can we say that? I mean, so what's your plan on how you going to – and I know it's early. I know you've only had a couple weeks of practices. You've been through conditioning. But you got eight or nine guys that can all play. Well, it's funny that you say you talk about roles and 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 different things like that. And and for years, I've contemplated, talked to different people about: Do you call these people in? Do 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 you talk to them about their role? Do do you do you have the expectation laid in front of them? You, you know. And I've really went through that in my head a lot. And, and to be honest with you, I don't do it. Because I'm afraid to do it because I don't want them to get false hope or... But there's also a fine line, Coach, that when we call these players in, they put it in their mind as their role may not be as important as someone else's. And that's not the case. In order to win a basketball game, you need five guys on the floor once it acts as as one. But you also need those guys off the bench that can come. All those guys are important. We know that as coaches. So it's a fine line. If you call them in and explain their role, there's things that can happen that, you know, like I said, they formulated in their mind as one thing when that's not what you mean at all. I think coaches are sometimes our own worst enemy. I agree. I, I'm a big talker. You know that. We we could talk basketball all night and have a a ten hour marathon of this and 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 not miss a beat, not fall asleep, and just go with it. I think when you compliment a kid nowadays, you've got to be very careful in how you do it. You've got to be because they're going to use everything you say, and, and that, this is a good thing. They're going to listen to every word you say, and they're going to interpret it how they see it or think in their head, not what you're saying. Absolutely. And I think that's a big thing now. I try to have the assistants communicate a lot with them. Um, 
you got to hope they accept their role. Like I've heard, I've talked to some coaches. Well, they they either do it or they won't play. Well, we don't we don't have we don't have time. that. Yeah. We we can't do that. You you know I, I'm I've got the lowest numbers I've ever had as a varsity coach this year. Fifteen. I've had thirty kids playing at Augusta. The kids are changing. Sure. K- kids don't. Kids don't, and I think COVID made it worse, and I know everybody blames COVID for everything, but when you could sit at home for six months and play video games and watch TV and watch Netflix and, hey, I don't have to go to practice or I don't have to go to school. I could stay up till 3 or 4 in the morning. This is what I like. I mean, I'd love to stay up all night and play Madden or college basketball or whatever and not have to go to school. Absolutely. But that's not – the real world's back, and I I think that's – a. I think that's been the toughest thing, and I'm not by any means saying anybody that has not played, not playing, is lazy or right, playing video right. games. I just think it's the world we live in, and 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 numbers are low. Nobody wants to work hard. Well, and a lot of that probably comes from sitting home for 18 months, I think as so. you mentioned. That's- and you know, but. Every good basketball team has role players, but every good basketball team also has superstars. And in my eyes, you've got two of the best. Um, I was very close to putting Riley in my top ten. I think he's mm-hmm. very close to being in the top ten, and I can see instances this year throughout the year where he, he works his way into that. Um, Riley takes a lot of pressure off Kaysen, but Kaysen also makes Riley a lot better with Kaysen's unselfish play, his ability to penetrate, his ability to dish. But um, talk about Kaysen um, – it's hard for you to separate dad and coach. I'm aware of that. Um, but Kaysen sometimes doesn't always get the credit he deserves because as a dad or as a coach, sometimes we don't want to brag on our kids too much. We don't want to look at it as my kid's the only person on that team. And I know you don't do this. I've been around you a lot. You uh, you compliment everybody on the team. But Kaysen averaged 21.2 points per game last season. Um, and I told Kaysen this, and I've been real impressed with this summer – I thought the only way to guard him last year was to back off three feet, making hit consistent jump shots. I didn't feel like you could guard him off the dribble. I felt like he was a savvy enough ball handler that if you take away his right, he could go left. He'd make plays for his teammates. Even if you stopped his penetration, he found the open man. But his jump shot this summer, even on outdoor goals in the APL, gets, which is which is which listen, is I never shot well outside. No, no, and I thought I was a decent shooter. And. But he also did it in the gym. He did it on the outdoors. You can tell he's worked at it. Um, now with a consistent jump shot, I think it makes him that much harder to guard. If not being – I'm not going to say unguardable because I even think LeBron James is guardable sure. by the right person sure. at the right time. But Kaysen's ability to knock down a consistent jump shot only makes you that much scarier. I, I tell you the big thing that, that, that I'm going through as dad and coach is that when you're talking to college coaches – you know, I don't know if they think they're talking to dad or if they're talking to coach. And, and that's why I've had Coach Todd reach out to a lot of these people to, to let them get a different insight. You know, and I I do explain that to all the I, – I, I've been well – I'm well connected with, you know, just like you are with a lot of the, you know, coaches around. And, you know, I've, had, I've been fortunate to have a lot of kids go on and play college basketball. I'm very lucky to – be able to talk to Division One coaches, and you know, uh, you, you know, I think one of the biggest things um, I, I got to talk to Greg Marshall. That's cool. Uh, you know, and, and you know, because of Hamilton and Germantown, Hamilton went to Winthrop. 
uh, who David Ham David right. Hampton, yeah. who passed away Hampton, not Hamilton. Yeah, I knew who he was talking about. And he gave me his number, and I started running thirty five, which is our matchup zone, our interchange, and you know I would get tidbits from him about how to play it, and he would answer me, you know, and I know he kind of. You know, he kind of got into some trouble there and got – but but, but that says a pe- lot about him, Coach, because I don't know how many college coaches I've reached out to, not only D1, but other areas that don't reply at all. So it says a lot about him as a person. I, I've been very fortunate and blessed with, with that too. I, I've been very lucky to meet a lot of great people. and um, but, but, you know, with Kaysen, you, you know, I do feel like he doesn't get near much credit and, and – you know, he is such a well-rounded basketball player and, and kid and son. I mean, we could not be more blessed to have a kid like Kaysen. And you you you, peop, you all just see him on the court. And, and I mean, he's a great brother. And, and I just – you all just don't understand, you know, on Saturday nights, he's here. You know, this kid, this kid didn't get his license until he was 18 years old. You know he, it's just it's basketball, it's 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 computer video games, and it's here. And you know, you know, it, you know, three point nine GPA. Um, you know he does he does what he has to do. He takes college classes. And he's and he's a phenomenal teammate, and he's a phenomenal brother to his to his brother, who I think is so neat that he's getting to play with. And uh, you know, Kylan has come so far, and it, it it's it's just a very neat experience, and. I just hope this year, you know, we haven't had a lot of colleges reach out. We've got a few talking, but, you know, no solid offers. And I see people getting offers left and right, and I'm thinking, you know, what am I doing wrong? It makes you panic as a parent, as a coach. He's good enough. He wants to play. And and I think something will work out for him. We just got to be patient. I, I, do, I be, do too. And as Brent a, Bach didn't have an offer to his last game. Right. Let's think about that. Right. And we all know what kind of career he had at Bellarmine. <laughs> right. And, and we know how good of a high school player was, but it just seems like to me in this day and age, a college coach would want a player like Kaysen who high character, high basketball IQ, um, gym rat, loves the game. I hear from Will all the time about kids getting in the gym late at night and playing themselves, you know, without even any coaches are there. And just, you know, I would think that college coaches, and I think they will. You know? hey, they will, and I think they'll learn that. And and I think one of the blessings we have at Augusta, being in a small town, is not a lot of people can just go down the gym and shoot like we can here. And you know, Brent Bach kind of paved the way for that. You, you know, obviously we, you know, we don't want uh, five on five, forty five people in the gym, but <laughs> you, that that's not what we're meaning. You know, if Kaysen wants to go down and get on the doctor dish tonight, he can, and he, and he may. Um, you know, if Will Kelch wants to get in the gym, he can. Um, these kids have that luxury. You know, I'll go down and unlock it. Being here close is makes it nice. I can go back and lock up. You know, the, the, we've got great kids here, and I, I know I've said that before, but we, we trust them to make the right decision, and we're, and we're very blessed in that area. But I, like you said, though, I think you, when you mentioned in 2016 about Connor, uh, O, and Cam and how they've paved the way, and you even mentioned back before 2016 with, you know, Corey and Bram and Cookie and I think, you know, Wyatt, Brent, Tanner, sure. all those guys, sure. you know, all paved the way for this. But I think the success that those teams had even helps this team want, want to continue because these guys were younger looking up. I think the big thing that you pointed out when I said you have to learn – to lose, to, to, to learn how to win. 
the the big thing is in basketball, I've always thought it was ninety percent mental. And now that Mason County knows how capable we are, when we tip it up next year, you don't think Mason Butler, Nate Mitchell, Terrell Henry think, okay, guys, we've got to play basketball. This is, and I think just that thought being in their mind is an advantage. And that's why I said earlier about, you know, how you've made, you know, you and other coaches, you know, I'm talking to you, so I say you, but I'm not discrediting all the work the other coaches in the past have done. But Augusta is no longer a pushover. Augusta is no longer, okay, oh, it's Augusta. We can show up, give our C, D game, go half-ass effort, and, and still beat them running clock. Those days are over. And a lot of that is because these kids take on your personality because in practice you say, that's not happening to us. You know, and I think they take on your personality, but it's. I, I think a big thing too, coach, is that when we when we started this journey, you know, we were celebrating runner ups. Absolutely, and, and and I'm not saying that that was that, that was wonderful. I helped coach Kelsch for two years. Your brother, it was wonderful. River to the region. I mean, he beat me twice at St. Pat, which started that trend. And you know, and, and I'll be honest with you that. W- we won our first round region game my first year. And I think we went to the gym. And, and, and the whole town was there. River, I, was, I was there. River to the region. And then the next year, I was like, no. We're going to celebrate after we win the district championship. And, 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 I, and I. But you know what, coach? And I, th- and I think. What I wanted you just to change said is it. right because you don't want to be happy with second place when you have the ability to get first. But at small schools like Robertson and Augusta, we know how important that region check is to fund the other athletic programs. So when I say we wanted second place, no, it wasn't that we wanted second place, but we were always satisfied with second place because one, our season continued, and two, we knew how financially important it was. And I wanted it to still be. Fun and pumped up, but I wanted more. Yeah, to let them know this ain't and, over. And we wanted to tell our community, hey, listen, we're going to celebrate, but it's going to be it's gonna be two nights from now when we're celebrating our district championship. And, and, and you know, luckily for us, it happened. And, you know, me and, your, me and Mr. Kels were talking about this the other day. Last year was the first time in seven years that – I've taken Augusta to the regional tournament every single year but last year. I mean, that that's, un, that's unheard of, and that's drawn Mason a couple times. Two or three, I think. I mean, so, two, I mean. so it, you know, it, it's not in our DNA to, that we want to miss the regional tournament or, you know, compete. I think if you go back and look over time, there may have been two times in seven years we've been blown out of a district championship. Maybe two, maybe one. So we've competed. And, and I think that's the big thing, that, that we compete and, and we just play hard for our school and our community. And the, and I think the support that we get here is just so big. And I think this year coming into a year where we can get people back in the gym, I, I think it could be over the top. Well, and the one thing that Augusta has – and I can speak of it because I'm a part of it, but also other small schools, I'd say even Robertson, Bracken, 
there's a sense of pride in the community. Nicholas County, those schools. Sure. You can tell that, you know, that on Friday night, the biggest event in the area is a high school basketball game. But talk about Riley Maston, and Riley's a player that I feel like has always had the skill. I feel like he's grown in his skill set. You know, I think last year he showed that he's able to step out and hit the perimeter shot. But tell me a little bit about Riley, maybe what your expectations are for him this he year. He is probably one of the most skilled basketball players I've ever coached. I've never I think it helped him being a point guard when he was younger and then growing into this massive young man and still being able to handle the basketball, shoot the basketball, uh, dribble the basketball, all those things it, it just wrapped up in one. I think he's done tons of workouts with Mike Conway. Uh, Mike has been well known to, to work with these kids and put in his time and effort. And, you know, Mike and I go way back from our times at St. Pat and, you know, he's done uh, – Riley's work ethic has just been crazy. I think Riley kind of fell out of love with basketball for a little while. I, I think he – you know, I, I think he needed more organization, more um, – and I don't know how I got lucky enough to – Well uh, – to, to, For him to come. You know, he, him and mom and dad all said that – they enjoyed watching our teams play um, and, and how how they reacted and how we had discipline. So I always say this to people: if you do things, you do things right. And and listen, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes all the time, and I just admitted to you in that district <laughs> game, I would probably have done a couple things different than I did, and we played a flawless game. But I still would have changed some stuff. But I think if you do things right, good things happen, and, and a kid like Riley Maston falls in your lap, and and, and lo and behold, you 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 may be a tenth region all a contender and a and a and a region contender. Well, I definitely think you know we'll talk about your schedule here in a minute, but just kind of Riley is you know like you said, and the same thing happened with Justin Becker, the same thing happened with Sarah Sticklin at Bracken. When you're the tallest player on the floor when you're younger, or even the you know. Riley went through some lean years of St. Pat Middle School where he had to be the guard. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Justin, maybe his eighth grade year, he had to be the, you know, the guard. Same thing with Sarah Stickland, you know. When you learn those guard skills at a young age and then you grow to be a 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, I mean, that makes you a deadly weapon. I mean, you can play him on the perimeter. You can isolate him at the free throw line. One move spin back to the basket. I mean, the guy's got an unbelievable – touch around the basket and if you remember at St. Pat he led the state in free throw shooting percentage as what an eighth grader I think he was an eighth grader and one thing I said when we coached against him in the eighth grade was his shot was always right on it was straight his mechanics were so good with the elbow in the hand underneath the ball his follow-through was always it was like consistent but now you see him step out and do that from the three-point line have you ever seen him miss bad it seems like to me every time I watch his shot is somewhere near the rim I don't know if I've ever seen him shoot a shot in a drill or shoot a shot in the game that has been bad. Yeah, he's, I, he's I, pure. I think every shot he shoots has a chance to go in. and, and But, but I'm going to tell you, we got a lot of them that could shoot the ball like that. I, I mean, every time some of these guys shoot, I think it's going in, and most of the time it does. It, it's amazing. And I'm meaning from top to bottom. I, I, I can't. 119 and the goal of 70 today is is nuts. 
and and I'm just going to mention some other players here, and I want you to give me a one or two sentences. Okay, okay. What, what the role is or what you expect from them. Okay. I mean, touch on however much you want, but, you know, you return all five starters, all right? Um, Connor Snap. Tremendous defensive player. Um, really had a coming-out party in the district tournament with his shooting ability, his confidence. Um he he becomes a three year starter for me this year. Um, we started him. He had a heck of a game at Greenup County as a freshman. We throw him in the starting lineup. Took a lot of grief. Sure, took a I, lot of grief. But uh, you know, had many people say, you know, what's he done to earn it? What's he done to keep keep it? You know, the thing about Connor is, you know, I, I saw phases and 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 things of his brother. And, I, and, you know, I, I just know that, you know, Connor brings so much to the table. He gives us another ball handler. We was able to run Kaysen at the two a little bit. Connor, Connor, we just we just got Connor this week. Right, so, yeah. having Connor in practice this week has been, you know, unbelievable. To get him back in there, he's grown. He's taught. I mean, we're – Coach, I don't – this may be the biggest team I've ever had. Uh, uh, so, we're, we're pumped about Connor. Connor just – he brings so much to the table. He's, he's another unselfish kid. And uh, just Connor is definitely going to – and he's a sophomore again. So, right, you know, man. he's the one he, – he chose to do the, the, the extra year. So, we're excited to have him back. And the one thing I know about Connor is I always felt like as an opposing coach when the ball was kicked to him on an open three, he always seemed to drill it against me. And I thought, okay, everybody makes shots against me. But then I watch him play, and he does that against a lot he, of teams. He, he, does, he did that a lot against Bracken. I mean, he definitely was a huge reason why, you know, we, we've been successful against Bracken because he's hit some big shot after big shot force. He also, I mean, like you said, reminds me a lot of Cam. You know, he will stand in there and take the charge. He will get his nose he will. dirty. Um, uh, Kylan Henson, uh, your other son. I, once again, I hate to put you on the spot about your kids well, because it's such a fine line as coach and dad. But, you know, Kylan's impressed me a lot just with his, you know, his size – his ability to knock down the three, his shot is pure. Probably one of the purest strokes, you know, at the high school level I've seen being a left-hander. But, you know, what's your expectations for Kylan? Kylan, you know, Coach Kelsch, Coach Todd said tonight, Kylan has a chance to lead us in scoring because nobody's going to guard him. He's going to get – He's now he's getting his shot off the dribble. He's, you know, hitting a little floater in the lane like his brother does. He, he's he post up. He's he's about a notch from he's six five something. I mean he's tall. He's lean. Now he's skinny. Right. Yeah. He, he probably needs some weight on him. But 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 he he just his shooting ability is unbelievable. His reach is unbelievable. He gets a hand on loose balls when you don't think he's going to. They people try to throw across the court. He steals it. You know, he's not a great defensive player, but he's one of those defensive players that his length and his height make up for his lack of, of quickness and lateral movement. And, and and I think those are the things he brings to the table for us. And I think a, having a year under it, every shot he shoots looks like it's going in, and I don't think he takes bad shots. He took one bad shot last year, and that was in the district tournament. He kind of forced a shot, but it looked like it was going in. So, you know, Kylan is going to bring a lot of different things to the table for us this year. Well, you made a good point, too, about, you know, could potentially lead you in scoring. I think you got about a six guys on any night that might lead you in scoring. And, and that's what we mean. And and and, and, I'm, and I know that as a coach, but Kylan just seems like, you know, I've watched, and like you said, he may get beat off the dribble, but because of his length, he can recover quick. 
He blocks his timing on some blocks is pretty incredible. Well, he he had three blocks against Mason County in the district, and he blocked Terrell Henry in the corner one time, and it went off Terrell's head. He also blocked uh, somebody else going to the rim, and then I think Kaysen got a pin off the backboard block against Schumacher, who he gave up a, a, a lot of hype to. That so we blocked some shots last year. I, we don't practice that, right, but right. we blocked some shots last year, and and, and I'm gonna tell you, uh, Coachy. He's dunking with ease. Right. Well, he was like, dunking last year when I but, saw him. But, but now he's getting breakaways. He's going up. He's finishing above the rim. They're alley-ooping him. I, I mean, that, that's hard. It is. You don't see that stuff where we coach. No. no. <laughs> I remember, you know, just a few years ago at Robertson, before we started our conditioning program and our weight program, we had no guys that could dunk. My last year we had six, and I used to remember tell people, they say something about it. I was like, yeah, we got six guys that can dunk, as if that helped us win any game. Sure. I mean, we did, we did get several games with multiple dunks. Sure. But, you know, I think that's what the game transitioned to, though. Uh, yeah, above and, the rim. And, and Kylan being 6'5", and with his length, he probably doesn't have to jump. Maybe not very much. Inches, not but. very much. But, yeah, we're, we're excited to, that, that he comes back again with the, some experience from last year, for sure. What about uh, Chase Archibald? You know, Chase, you know, we've been very lucky and blessed that Chase uh, started last year as an eighth grader for us. He got minutes as a seventh grader for us. So, you know, Chase is becoming a veteran, but he's only a freshman. Uh, you know, shoots the ball extremely well. Chase, you know, we, we've been on Chase about getting better defensively. He, he's done that. Um, you, you know, we want him to put it on the on the ground more, uh, attack the basket more. You know, we, we explain every day in practice that jump shooters are easy to guard. Um, now, it, we've got a bunch of jump shooters, so that makes it a little bit more difficult. But Chase gets a lot of good kickouts. He gets a lot of uh, off Kaysen and Riley. And, and we just have a – you know, with Chase and, and, and Kylan and all these guys, we're very blessed because everybody on our team can knock down a shot. And so you've got to pick your poison with us. And, and, and a lot of times they don't pick Chase or they don't pick Kylan. And they're getting good, great looks well, that they're knocking down. And, and you know, that's what makes us successful. And, and Chase is an unbelievable shooter. Um, I don't know, like I told you before, this may be the best shooting basketball team I've ever seen. And, 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 and I know it's easy to say now we haven't played a game and we may go 0 for 30 from the three-point line our first game of the season, but – we, no, I want you to do that the second game of the season. Well, <laughs> do that the second game of the season. Listen, I'm right. I'm a little nervous about that anyway because anytime you, you, you know, Justin Becker is just a phenomenal player, and you know I was very impressed with them uh, this summer when I watched them play at Mason County. So we're a little nervous about that game, but I, I just think that Chase, once he gets his drive down, he's got his little pull up down. He he is definitely. Um, growing into a, a great a great kid, doesn't say anything to anybody. We it's it's very rare that you've got so many kids with close to the same personality that are quiet. They don't say a lot. They don't say a lot. They don't talk because they don't talk on defense. They don't talk any. So that makes it difficult. You've got a bunch of quiet kids that don't talk. And, and and so when you're trying to teach them defense, Kaysen don't talk, Chase don't talk, Kylan doesn't talk, Connor doesn't talk, Riley never talks. I don't know if we've said 19 words to each other. It's just right. they're just quiet kids. They don't have a lot to say. They're not like me. So 
you know, my kids are nothing like me, my own kids. <laughs> but, you know, and one thing about Chase, you know, and once again, my all my interactions come from his opposing coach. But I remember saying, you know, if I was coaching against you, stop Kaysen, stop Riley, which kind of alludes to what you said. They're going to get great looks every night because opposing coaches are going to do what? Got to help. Let's limit, let's limit Kaysen. Let's limit Riley's touches. Let's make Connor. Let's make Kylan. Let's make Chase beat us from the perimeter. And they have that ability. And, and I'll tell you, you know, Bracken County held Riley Maston to zero points last year. That's hard for me to believe. And lost. That's hard for me to believe. Zero. But you had Kylan step up with 20-some points. Kaysen had his normal night. And and that's ball game. Chase hits a few shots. Connor hits a few shots. And that's ball game. That, you know? I, I wasn't aware of that. And I think I was even at that game and I zero. wasn't aware of that. So. Zero points. Um, now he rebounded. Right. He was right, a presence. Right. Don't get me wrong. We we probably don't win without him. But he's six five six six, and he's a monster of a kid. He's yeah. yeah. So, um, but you know Chase, you know we've challenged Chase to be better defensively and 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 to put it on the deck some, and uh, he's doing he's doing great. Evan Brooks. Evan, he's hurt right now. He's got a little back problem, and I hope we hope to get him back. Evan's a great shooter. You know, Evan can shoot the ball very well. And we want him to shoot when he's open. Another shooter. No, yeah. And, you know, we, we challenge Evan every day. Don't put it on the ground. Just shoot it. Rebound it. Shoot it. You know, what you were talking about, rolls. That's what we want. Shoot it and rebound. And, and, and he's a great kid, too. He's another one that, you know, is always home. You know, they play video games together. You, you know, we've got a bunch of great kids, and, and Evan's just right there with them. Uh, he, you know, we, we just – He's done a really good job accepting his role and understanding. And, you know, everybody wants to do well. And everybody wants to score. And everybody wants to do this. But, you know, he's another one that comes in. You know, one game last year he comes in against um, – I can't think of who it was, but I think I tweet – I don't tweet a lot right. when it comes to our team. And, and I think Evan Brooks saved us that night. And, and we don't win without him hitting big shot after big shot in the first half to keep us afloat. It may have been Russell. Uh, but, you know, we we were blessed that, you know, he saved us. And I even said on there, we got saved tonight. So, right. And that's that's the thing, you know, about what I mentioned before. You know, every kid that you have returning in their mind wants to play 32 minutes a game. Every kid that I've ever coached wants to play 32 minutes a game. But it's just not realistic. And, and that's, that's so hard. But like you said, Evan last year in a game – you know, comes off the bench, but was so important. The You never know when your number's going to be called, so be ready. And I feel like you do really well with that with your team because every time I watch your team play, it seems like it could be somebody different each night, which is probably attributed to the depth that you have. And um, I, I think one of the things we try to do well is to make sure they're prepared in practice. And I'm not always great at this, but what I've tried to get better with over time is making sure if they have any questions or concerns about what they're supposed to do, that they, that we get them straight before we go into a game. You know, we prepare every game like it's a district championship. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we want to make sure everybody's comfortable. And if you're not comfortable and you don't really – and if they come to me and say, like, Coach, what, what do you think? What, what do you, well, you better be ready to play defense. You know, if, if Mike and Matt last year – you know, I don't need you to score. I need you to guard. Right. And 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 they accepted those challenges. And you know, it, it's not always fun for for some of. And I get it. And I think it becomes harder and harder every year. 
and I'm going to say this, and it may come back to bite me, but it seems like in high school basketball, depth has become not as important as what it should be. And I, I agree with that statement. I, I, I just think that the game goes so fast. I used to say this in middle school when I coached middle school, and I think every high school coach should have to coach middle school. I've been there. I coached seventh grade, five-minute quarters. You look up, and it's halftime. And you've got Joey, you got all these kids that ain't even got in the game, and I'm like, what am I doing? And now you're wanting a chance to win the game, so you, it's really finding hard to find opportunities. <laughs> but, you know, and, and I agree with you, depth should be a strength. And I look at it as a strength. But I know exactly what you're saying, and this is for another podcast <laughs> because um, a lot of social media – and I think what they hear at home is the reason why depth isn't looked at as important as it should be because I feel like – and I'm not saying this about Augusta, and I'm not saying this about Robertson. Sure. I'm just saying this in general. I've heard parents say at games when I go and scout of other teams, well, look at so-and-so. He's out there missing shot. Put my boy in. He can go out there and miss a shot. You know, and those conversations are being had within the house, which, like I said, we're I, not going to get – I, I have not – And I you have, probably haven't dealt I with I haven't that. had a parent meeting – I didn't have a parent meeting last year, but one of the things I say at the parent meeting, and then we'll move on, is moms and dads, you can talk about me all you want. Please don't talk about me in front of your kid. Our job is so hard anyway. Don't talk about us in front of your kid because your mom and dad, they're going to listen. They're supposed to listen to you. And I made that mistake as a parent one time at a baseball game. I was griping all the way home about somebody that missed a ground ball all the way home to Carla. The next time that kid wanted to stay all night, my boys didn't want him to stay all night. You know why? Because he missed a ground ball, coach. Right. And, right. And, you know, like I you, said. But you, 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 you can't do that. No, and it hurts the chemistry of the team and the players, not only talking about the coach, but talking about other players. But, Absolutely, no, you're right. I could get into right. that because well, I feel well, like we That's both, another two hours. Yes, we can do that. But, um, all right, Will Kelch. Will, strong, thick, probably one of the best screeners on our team. I just bragged on him today about how well he does a pick and roll. Uh, he always creates space. He always seems to get his hand on the ball. And I'll tell you something about Will Kelch. Will Kelch knows to get the ball to Cates and Henson. And some people don't know that, but he knows to get the ball to the right person and get out of the way. And Will does that. You know, we've challenged Will to take care of the basketball. We've tried to get him to stop spinning into the defense and get him going north and south. We Every day in our practice we talk about staying, stop going east to west, go north and south. They probably get sick of me hearing it. I don't want to see you go east to west. Right. You're not going get anywhere. to the rim. And we do that a lot. You know, we we got to get and, – and Will, we've challenged him to, to do that and, you know, take care of the basketball today. I you know, got the ball knocked out of his hands. I said, you've got – you know, you're a strong kid. you got to hold on to the ball. You know, he also today asked me what size shoe he got. I, I, I don't know what size shoe you wear, buddy. You told me what size shoe you wear. And I could see him asking you with that silly smile, oh, smirk on his and, face. And, and, and he knew I was aggravated because I was just aggravated. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I stop. And, but no, know, Will, Will, Will is another uh, 
kid on our team that gives us depth. You know, Will's a very good back-to-the-basket player. Uh, almost probably when he goes in, we move Riley to the perimeter. Um, you know, it's kind of what we do, and, and it works out well for us, just like Evan. You know, Evan likes to shoot the ball well, and, and, and but we sometimes move Evan under the basket. But here's the deal with Evan and Will and, and Riley and any player. I think you have to, as a coach, you have to you have to play the kids to their strength and what they want and what they. If I'm going to play Evan with his back to the basket, then I'm doing Evan an injustice. Right. Evan likes to shoot the three. You know, we we tried to fool with a couple things, but in the end, that's where he feels more comfortable. That's where we're going to play. Will more comfortable around the rim. Will's shooting ability has 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 improved tremendously. Not that he was a bad shooter. So, put kids in position to be successful. I feel like that's what we do a good job of. And you're right. And I, I totally understand the move of bringing Riley to the perimeter when Will's in the game. Riley has showed the consistency to make those shots. But, uh, all right, and new guy, LJ Connor. Like I said, we've coached against LJ in the past. Um, you know, but I saw LJ play this summer, and he was a, di- a very different player than I rem- what I remembered him being. So, tell me about LJ. I know it's just a few weeks. You may not know all of his strengths and weaknesses yet because you're just now starting practice. The season's still young. But tell me a little bit about LJ. LJ's a great kid. You know, I've been very blessed and and, and lucky to meet LJ and his family. And, you know, he was here on Trick or Treat, helped hand out candy, and um, comes and sees Kaysen a lot. He, um, you know – LJ is just one of those kids that needs some structure, needs some discipline. Um, LJ is a very talented young man. He's probably one of the fastest kids with the basketball I've seen in a while. Um, defenses, defenses off the charts. His basketball IQ is off the charts. He passes the ball extremely well. He uh, a, a very unselfish player. Um, now. With all those great things, comes, he's very hard on himself. He beats himself up. He slams the ball. He, <laughs> you, you know. And we've all coached that he, kid. He's and- not used to my practice or our practice. And, you know, we've had to run a few times because of his mouth. Sure. Because sure. of his actions. And he's doing well. He's trying to get better every day. He's trying to work through those things. And I'm going to give Adam Reed credit. And, 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 and listen. Adam Reed developed, I think, had a big hand. He plays just like them. He's fearless. Wow. He 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 he's not afraid to make. He, he's not afraid to make a pass. He's not afraid to take a chance. He's not afraid to do any of those things. And 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 I think he learned a lot of that from Coach Reed with the Royal Legends and and and, and all those things. So. You know, I give credit where credit is due. I mean, he, he's – That's a good way to describe fearless. That's I was trying to think of the word to describe LJ after the summer, and I think that's a good word. Well, well, Blake and Caden's fearless. Right. You, you know, Adam's right. fearless. Right. You, you know, I'm. You know, we're fearless. You know, it's just the mentality that we bring to – that we we want to battle, and, 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 and I commend that, and I respect that, and I think you have to respect those things. And that's why night in, night out – you know, I've watched Bracken get down 30 points in a blink of an eye be down 13. I've never seen anything like that. Right. I, I haven't. Usually when you get kids down, they're 
they're done. But and, they don't quit. Especially at the high school level, you know. 30 to 13 is, is remarkable. It, it, it is. And, you and know, a 20-point lead against them's nothing. And, I, you know, and – you know, we'll talk about them a little bit. Sure, here. okay. But, you know, just with your schedule, okay? I right. went through your schedule right. and I looked. And, you know, one thing we try to do at small schools when we have a talented team is try to base our schedule off the talent that we have. Um, you know, we want to uh, – if we have the talent level, we want to make our schedule a little bit tougher. If we have the talent level, we want to play some of those larger schools because ultimately with a lot of talent, we know and understand – that the prize at the end, the regular season just prepares us for that. And I feel like your schedule is pretty tough for a Class A school. You know, great crossing, and I know that's in a tip-off classic, but still, I mean, just think of Georgetown. They split into two schools because of so many kids. So great crossing, another large school. The Mesa County Invitational, which I'm glad to see it back, and you get uh, Tate's Creek. Which is another. Uh, I think Brian Station. Oh, Brian Station first. First. Yeah. Yeah, Takes Creek that earlier that week and then Brian Station. Brian Station. Which, that's pretty tough. Sure. But, you know, and then you still got the, the region powers of Mason Campbell. Uh, you got Bishop Brosser. You got Bracken twice, which one we of play, those I think we play, play Scott. And yeah. So, I mean, your schedule, I think, for an all-A school who has 100 kids walking the hallways is pretty tough. It, it's probably not one of the toughest schedules I've, I've, I've put together, but I think over time it got a little tougher with who was in the MCIT. And, and you know, we, we didn't really – you know, scheduling's tough, and 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 I've always I've always said this. You know, the years we had Bach, and we went to the fifth third, and we play Hazard and Clinton County and Lafayette and, and uh, Henry Clay, and you, you go up there and win one game. That that's a win. You know, that's a win for us. You know, you go up there and win one game, and you beat it. You know, you beat that team, and I, I truly believe that's why we beat Mason County that year. Um, you know, I, I think you got to prepare your team to beat Mason County. And sure. no, no matter what you do, you've got to prepare your team to beat Mason County. And if you can compete with Takes Creek, Bryan Station, um, you know, the Campbell Counties, uh, and uh, the, the Walton Veronas, that's going to be, you know, the – I don't know who else is in the MCIT, but there's a couple big-time teams in there that you could face, win, or lose going either direction. So, you, you know, those games are going to prepare you and obviously prepare us for the Class A, which we feel like, you know, going into – we we have a great opportunity, got a tough opportunity, but a great opportunity ahead of us. And, you know, the one thing I do want to talk about in your schedule before I get to the All-A, because um, I think the All-A is just going to be a, a crazy atmosphere. But um, going to the Hoosier gym again, we've both been there. We both had the opportunity to coach there. You know, I was lucky enough to be in the locker room that they had in the movies, and you see all those jerseys of all the teams that have been there. Just talk about an experience of, you know, the Hoosier gym. That's kind of nostalgic, you know. I remember getting cold chills. Yeah, it, yeah, you know, when you grow up and, you know, I can remember my, my Papa Hal, you know, showing, getting me that movie for the first time as a, as a 10, 11-year-old kid and watching that movie. Probably didn't at that time understand what it was all about. Just realized it was basketball and – but going there and seeing how well that's been taken care of and been turned into a museum and being able to buy a shirt or, you, you know. Now, we you know we went there and played Bath County, and, uh, you know, we didn't win. But, you know, even though we didn't win, 
that game, it was such a great experience for, for us, for our fans. And, you, you know, I, I just can't put into words how neat of experience that was. And, and you know, and I, I wanted my my Kaysen got to play there as a freshman at, at Bracken, but you no, know, I want Kyle. I mean, some of them don't even know what it is. Right? You may have to watch. We actually, what we, we did, we showed the movie on the bus. We we watched the movie at the hotel the night before, and as a team, and uh, that was a neat experience. And uh, but I, I truly believe that um, every there's no reason that every high school basketball kid shouldn't get to go do that at least one time and. We've been blessed that this will be our my second time, and it's just a neat experience. Great people there, and it, and it takes a lot of money to keep that place going. It does, and I tell you what got me was when we walked in and I saw the kind of the gap in the bleachers. Of course, you see the bleachers, and the first thing is like this is just like the movie, right? You know, you see that gap when all the the parents come in and want to gripe at the coach, you know, or meet the new <laughs> right. coach. That kind of takes you back to the film. So yeah, it's nostalgic and a great experience. I definitely think that every Class A school who at some point in time, if you've been good, you've probably been compared to the Hoosiers, you know, or that team from Milan, Indiana that was really small. You, and, you know, it reminds you of Augusta Mason. And, and I know that's kind of weird and cliche, but when, when you watch that game at the Fieldhouse at Butler, it reminds you of a, a type of Augusta Mason type game. And, you know, the little school's not supposed to beat the big school. And, you know, it, it, it is kind of, it kind of hits home sometimes it does and you know I, I think it's a great experience I think it's great that you and you know you guys are taking your team down there to let them experience it because it's one I'll never forget I was fortunate enough to win so I'll probably remember it a little bit more but um, let's talk about the class A tournament because if I was doing my class A rankings you know obviously I think you're one I think you're the best team going in it I ranked you top five in the region on the preview I definitely think you're definitely could be as high as three in the region. I think Campbell and Clark are just, you know, and I think Clark's maybe in a class by itself right now, but I'm never discrediting Eric Russell and the job he does never. with Campbell in March and, you know, just how good of a coach he is. And, you no, know, I put Mason at three and Harrison four, you five, but I definitely think you're as good as Harrison and you've shown you can compete with Mason County. So, you know, although I put you at five, I can see you being as high as three, but – in the LA, I definitely think you're one, but I think the crazy thing is, I think Bracken's two, or Brossard, they're two, three, and all three of you guys are on the same side of the bracket. So if you're going to win the LA this year, you're facing the gauntlet. You're facing the other two teams who I feel like have the best chance to win the LA before you ever get to the finals. And not only that, you're facing a very good Bracken County team that you described as fearless, and I agree, on their home floor. Yeah. yeah. So if you win it, Nobody can say, hey, you got handed a Class A championship. You'll earn that if you win it. Um, so, you know, and we all know that, you know, everybody wants to talk like Bishop Brossard's down, but they're still no, Bishop Brossard. No. Their system is just so hard to prepare for. And you know as well as I do, on the other side of the bracket, people don't talk about Calvary Christian enough, and especially if you have to play them on their home floor. Like, I know Robertson has them in the first round. And one game is played on another site, and we drew that game. So we got to go to Calvary this year. Terrible, right? And it's just terrible. You know, it's a we, tough place to play. But I don't think I've ever beat Orlando Donaldson. Orlando Donaldson, in in my eyes, is the most underrated coach ever. And and, and I, I've just never. Those kids play so hard. 
They play so right. And and I knew last year being it going up there. We talked about it, coach. I just I just knew that we were gonna have our hands full and they just beat us. I, well, I mean they just beat us and, and you know, I think it was our first game of the season. It was the class. You, you know, the COVID, yeah. yeah but, I mean, it was just one of those – it was a perfect storm. And, and this is not taking anything – listen, they're really good. They won – I think they won – I think, they I won think somebody said 20 games. Year. I mean – But not only that, though, they're just – like you said, and I, and I said it on my preview, I don't think Coach Donaldson gets near no. the credit he deserves for how good those teams are. I think they get lost in the shuffle because they're in a district with Campbell, Scott, right. and Bishop Russell. Right. But – you know, with that being said, you know, that first-round game, you know, the communities of Brooksville and Augusta are going to make that game a lot larger than what it is. Um, you've been at both schools. <laughs> you graduated from Bracken. You're coaching against Bracken. So there's a lot of storylines there that could be three other podcasts that I would love to have at some point <laughs> in time. But We need you know, to do that. You that, know we need to do that, that one day. That first-round game, though, I mean – like I said, I think the two best teams in it, and that's no knock to Coach Code at Brossard or Coach Donaldson at Calvary. I think you are one two right now. Well, you know, obviously, you know, it, it's it's it, it would be a, a tremendous battle, and and you know them being on their home floor and and how fearless they are. It's it, it's just you know it's a tough first it's a tough first game. I mean, I mean that's a tough championship game. But you got to play it in the first round. First round, and you know, I, I think the atmosphere will be unbelievable. I think the, you know, I, I, I can see a full house. I could see, you, you know, no holds barred uh, type situation. And you, you know, what what I respect the most about Coach Reed is he'll just straight up tell you, "We're coming after you. We're going." And and and. and that's great, you know. That that's that's what we, you know, and that's why we do it. That's why we do it to, to be competitive, and he knows that. He knows how I am, and you know, I know how he is, and you know, our kids are going to battle, and it, it's just fun. It's fun. It'll be fun, and it'll be stressful. Uh, I think it's always stressful when you play Bracken because it's hard to prepare for for them. You know, um, that fearless attitude. You you never know what they may do, and. Um, I think that's what makes it so tough to play against. And uh, we'll definitely have our hands full. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, I haven't even looked forward to anything. In the, I, I mean, And I'm not trying to put you on I, the I understand, but, but we, we, we have to focus on what's at hand, and that's beating Bracken on their home court, number one. Right. And then then we'll think about what the, what the next plan is right. as we go. I, I mean, I know Brossard is – there with I think poor Nicholas draws him every year. John it seems like. John Michael says he draws him every year and he's right. I think he has like three years in a row. So uh you know I I love Coach Wright. You know, his dad was a huge mentor to me. Still talk on a regular basis. He tells me happy birthday every year. You know, Mike Wrights is one of the best people I've ever met in my life and so you know nothing but respect for him. I try to look after him like his dad did me. You know, and and that may sound weird, but I, I just try to pay back what Mike Wrights gave to me and it should be, a, should be a fun tournament for sure. And, you know, it's going to be, and I can't wait, but you mentioned Coach Wrights, and I want to, you know, kind of – this is not what I had written down at all, but something just hit me about the coaching fraternity in the 10th region. I don't know how many times – and you could probably attribute to this as well – after a big win, 
I got so many texts from other coaches in the region. John Michael was always one of the first. Hey, great game tonight, coach. You know, we're even in the same district. So when you can have those relationships with coaches and still step on the sides and compete with those coaches, but afterwards still be able to give credit where it's due, still be able to send them that text message, say, hey, you outcoached us, you outworked us, you outplayed us. The coaching fraternity in the 10th is special. Well, and that's one thing I'm probably going to miss the most. And I, I think, you know, even with you and I, you know, we've battled the past few years, and I've been very blessed to, you know, I, I obviously it, I think we beat each other up pretty good, but, you, you know, you probably won a little bit more than me, but, you know, there there were teams that, that you had that, you, you know, we were probably – you were probably supposed to beat us. We, we just battled. But at the end of the day, even though I may have beat you or you may have beat me, we hugged. And we moved on. And I think that's what makes our region so special. You know, I think the one time we beat you at Bracken, probably shouldn't have beat you when when, when we me and you acted crazy at Scott Allison. You remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 That, was yeah. A cra- that was a crazy game, fun game. But at the end, we were both going crazy, but we hugged each other. It was crazy. You know, we were fortunate enough to beat you down here one time. You know, I go over there and get, get drilled at Bracken. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't go into any game. And think I'm gonna we're gonna get drilled and and just the beat to death and and that was you know like we annihilated. But you know the thing about like you said the tenth region you know even from some of the larger schools with their coaches I still feel like even we coach at small schools we're still respected like they respect the job we do they respect us as coaches I don't feel like we're looked down upon and I think that's because the 10th region and the amount of great coaches we have within the 10th region is something special and if you know you go through and look at every coach in in the 10th region there's some great guys there great coaches and it would be hard for me to believe that any other region has what we have here in the 10th I, I just think night in night out you know, I think when people play Augusta, they know, listen, they're going to be ready. You know, they may not have as many kids as we got, but they're going to be ready. Just like when I play Coach Fromeyer at Scott, those kids, they're well, they're going to be ready to play. Scott Code, Mike Code, you don't mess with them guys. They know how to coach and they know how to play. You know, Orlando Donaldson, who doesn't get enough credit, unbelievable to coach against. I mean, my goodness. Uh, I mean, and we not even mention like Terrence Brooks. Ter- um, I mean, Terrence yeah, let's won, don't like, even talk. You know, I mean, Terrence and Sam and I mean John Michael. Everybody is going to battle. Uh, you know, Lamont uh, uh, at Bourbon. I mean, yeah, My I mean, goodness, and and you know now you know of course Josh Cook. You know at Clark, every coach in our region, and, and I think I truly mean this. You got to be ready. You got to have your A game because I think we all prepare the same way. Because the tenth region is that special, and, and and it is that important to us, and 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 you know, we care about when that score comes across that that scoreboard. That oh, Augusta almost beat Scott tonight, or Augusta hung with Scott, or or, or oh, Augusta beat Robertson tonight. What you I know? I don't know how many times I refresh the KHSAA scoreboard sure. on game night. You yeah, know? And, and that's even. Did as a you coach notice and, the new thing yeah, over it. to the side? I love it. Where you can see the last. You you can see who you. Do I need to pull up what my record was against you as as coaches? No, I don't think I want to because I think I lost more than I should have. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't. But, but that's the thing that I you know that I often think about now. You know, 
as, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I started the podcast was to stay involved with 10th Region Basketball because all of the coaches at some point in time have had a hand in me, making me a better person, making me a better coach. I don't know how many times, and you've done this. I know we've talked about it. When you know you're going into a game against, say, a Josh Cook or uh, like an Eric Russell whose success speaks for their own, and you know every year at March, you know, if you're going to win the region, you're going through Coach Russell and Campbell how much they've made us work hard or just even try to compete and be on the same level. And that's just something special in the 10th region. Like I said, I didn't have that written down, but it's special. And, it, you know. It is. And it, it, and we're all very lucky and, and blessed. And that's why it was so – it means so much to get to the 10th region tournament at the Fieldhouse. And it does. And, you know, it's – and I've always said that the Fieldhouse is kind of like the mecca of high school basketball. I, I and agree. It's one of the I best agree. Facilities. I agree. But, you know, one thing, too, I did mention that, you know, when I talked about your depth, the one thing I wanted to talk about is every good team in the past that I've had, whether it be girls at Bracken, Robertson, boys at Robertson, whatever, they've had guys in practice that could push. I'm not saying beat the first team, but you had guys in practice that can push your first team to where they have to work hard enough to get better. And I feel like that may be one of your biggest assets this year. You know, when you look at your second five, say, you know, and I know, I'm not going to ask you who your starters are because you got three weeks before a scrimmage. You don't know what's going to happen between now and then, but just think with if you just put a second five out there of, you know, you just put LJ, Will, and Evan, and you throw in some of the younger guys you have or maybe somebody else with those two, I feel like those three and two more can make your first five work, and they're going to get better in practice because of that. When LJ Connors guarding Kaysen in practice and vice versa, those kids are getting better. And that's what's going to make you successful. LJ can't guard Kaysen, and Kaysen can't guard LJ. But they're working, and they're trying to get better. And, and, and you know, their quickness and their, their their athletic – we match up well in practice. You know, you've got LJ on Kaysen. You've got Will on Riley because you, you, Evan's hurt. Right. Or we'd obviously have Evan on Riley. But you've got Will on Riley. You've got um, – you know, you've got Tristan Klingenhofer on Chase. You know, you just match up so well. You've got – uh, Nolan Young and Keaton Bach on each other. Uh, you, you know, you, you've got you've got great matchups well, there. Yeah, similar matchups to where you're going to have to get better in practice. And I'm yeah. telling you, and and we've probably all had that team too. You know, like last year. You know, I was fortunate with eight seniors, so I could split them up. The ones, you know, and they were able to push. You know, you like Carter Jefferson, Landon Good. And those guys were so important to pushing that first group. And I feel like this year you have that. And like I said, and I'm not crazy to think this. You know, and I'm not crowning you region champions, but it's not <laughs> its not out of the realm of possibility. You know, you might need some luck. I think, I think, you, need but, a, I think you need a little luck. And I, but, I, listen. But I'm I also not, think it's this year's a chance. You can go in as a district runner-up and, and And maybe win a game. And win a game. I maybe think win, a couple. win a couple. We, 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 we're going to set our ex, – we've set our expectations high. You know, we, we want to win the, the Class A. We want to win the district. And we want to make a run at this regional tournament. And there's no reason that that we can't. And, you know, and I think everybody is on, on the same page. And, and we're just excited. And, you know, lots of hard work going on right now. And, I, and I'm going to – I'm going to tell you something. Don't be surprised if if some of these kids don't come out of the woodwork for us like a Keaton Bach who, who is absolutely stroking – in practice, and a Nolan Young, who's also a freshman, that that, that th these guys, 
and I don't know how I'm gonna play them all. Right. And and obviously that that's that's more of a challenge. And and you know, there's kids that we didn't even think maybe would even get any minutes that we're like, my goodness, these kids are these kids are competing and fighting. Now, obviously I think too, and we've talked about this before too, one year at Augusta, I played five for five. You know, had Dirty J, we had you know, Corey Moore, yeah. We had tons of kids. Uh, the the roof boy. We, right. we would run five for five, and there's like, you can't keep doing this. No, you can't. But throughout the season, you get that down to a seven, eight-man rotation, and you kind of – But you never know in that game when you're going to need one of those guys. And why not get them valuable experience early on in the season? I, you know, just like you had two guys fouled in the district tournament. Yeah. You may had to put kids in position that were out there that didn't need – one, wasn't ready for that spot – or two were very uncomfortable with that spot because they hadn't been there before. But you know, you know, I guess they say uh, difficult time or desperate times call for desperate measures. Right, but right. that's going to make those kids better because of it. And, and like you said at the beginning, we hopefully the, that game we we've learned from our mistakes and we'll continue to work on them. And you, you know, we don't have a lot of kids, but we have a lot of kids that know how to play. And, and we're we're very blessed in that area. And hopefully, we get Evan back and get him healthy and. Get everybody back in the gym and and be ready to go. Well, Coach, uh, I wanted this to be an hour. We've been an hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> I could talk to you another hour and forty five minutes because basketball's passion for both of us. But I want to thank you for the opportunity to allow me to come into your home and record this podcast with you because I want to do this. I want to include players as the season goes along, and I'm going to need all the help from you, coaches. And you know, I pretty <laughs> appreciate your time. Well, you know, I. I appreciate you having me on, and and you know the one thing I, I want to say before we go is that that I can't, you know, appreciate my coaches enough, you know, and, and our support staff that we've got with, you know, with with Phil White and Jason Snap and Todd Kelch and Joey Crouch. I mean, we're we're very lucky, and and you know they kind of keep me in line, and and we do a lot of communicating, and you know the, those guys are important to our program, and and. and you know, everybody has their own little niche that they're very good at, and 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 we just work well together. So I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I, I look forward to talking to you throughout the season, and uh, we're excited about uh, about tenth region basketball this year. And coach, I'm glad you mentioned your assistant coaches because those are guys that put in all the same time and efforts that we do that probably don't get the credit they deserve. As you can tell, expectations are extremely high in Augusta for a very good reason. I don't think their fan base, their community. The team would want it any different. Thank you to Coach Henson for coming on. Thank you to my supporters of the Stay Hot podcast. Stay tuned and stay hot.